Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to 2 Chronicles chapter 27. We're going to begin reading at verse 1. Jotham was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father Uzziah did, howbeit he entered not into the temple of the Lord. And the people did yet corruptly. He built the high gate of the house of the Lord, and on the wall of Ophel he built much. Moreover, he built cities in the mountains of Judah and in the forest. He built castles and towers. He fought also with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. And the children of Ammon gave him in the same year an hundred talents of silver and 10,000 measures of wheat and 10,000 of barley. So much did the children of Ammon pay unto him both the second year and the third. So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. The preparation of our ways before the Lord our God. That word prepared is, it means to, to be set up, to be established, to be firmly fixed, to be firmly established, be stable and be secure and be enduring, be securely determined, be directed aright, be fixed aright and be steadfast. He prepared his ways before the Lord. His ways. That is the road, the journey, the manner, and the path. The direction. It's the habit. The way or the course of life. The mode of action. The Amplified Bible reads, So Jotham grew mighty. For he ordered his ways in the sight of the Lord his God. Now the reality is we are all ordering our ways in the sight of the Lord our God. Every single one of us, we are ordering our ways. The question is, are we ordering them aright in the sight of the Lord our God? Established aright, determined aright directed aright. The road you are blazing, the journey you are on or about to embark on, the path you have chosen, the direction you are taking, the habit of your life, the way, the course of your life, the mode of action. The NET Bible reads, Jotham grew powerful because he was determined to please the Lord his God. I want to ask tonight, are we a determined people? Are you a determined individual? Is this a determined generation? Can you be labeled as one that has determination? 
that in fact is determined, that is strong-minded, that is resolute, that your ways please the Lord. Our road and our journey, the course of our life, and the mode of action. We are all aware that the Bible instructs that we seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and the promise is that the Lord will take care of us as only He can. We can't hope to try and take care of ourselves and get what God can give. The Bible is clear that the responsibility of the believer is to seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. This really isn't an option. God's not saying it's going to work out for you if you go seek other things first. And that's why it's in the Word. Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness. And he's saying, I'll take care of everything else like only I can. All of us here today are in the process of preparing our ways. No matter the age we are here tonight, we are in the process of preparing our ways. Now, some things have already been established. Some things are already determined. We've already determined them. Some paths have already been chosen, and we are in the process or on the brink of blazing other paths. I wonder if the ways that already are we're prepared before the Lord. If the habits in our life that already are, we're prepared before the Lord. If the direction of our life right now was prepared before the Lord. If the things that already are, already are established and already are determined, were they prepared before the Lord? I wonder if they are. I wonder if it's what He had in mind. I wonder if he had a say in it, and I wonder if it's a blessing to his heart. The NLV reads, so Jotham became powerful because he let the Lord his God lead him in all his ways. If you want to become powerful, if you want to become mighty, if you want to grow strong, let the Lord your God lead you in all your ways, not just some ways. All your ways. The ways that already are, who took the lead? And the ways that will be, who has the lead? Who has the lead of our lives? The message reads, Jotham's strength, his strength, was rooted in his steady and determined life of obedience to God. That's where we find our strength. When it's rooted in this steady and determined life of obedience to God. Not sporadic. Not wavering. Not to and fro. Not sometimes steady, sometimes not. Determined at times, then not determined. Determined in certain seasons, then not determined. The Word says here, His steady and determined life of obedience to God. Now, if you have lived a life that is not like this up to this point tonight, things can change. You can walk out of here tonight 
and live this text. A life of steady and determined obedience to God. Real strength is rooted in steady and determined obedience. Real strength is rooted in relentless determination to please the Lord. Real strength becomes our portion as we prepare our ways before the Lord our God. Now, in all reality here tonight, I mean, I hope that we all know that we are preparing our ways before the Lord because we are. Nothing is hid from his sight, and we understand that. But what changes the way we live is when we realize and recognize in those moments when we're taking the step, as we embark on a new journey, as we open a new door, as we make a new decision, as we get involved in a new relationship, all these things, when we realize that he is watching, that we actually are preparing this way, the preparation of this way, as I prepare to embark, his eyes are on me. I'm preparing my way right now, whatever it is, before the Lord. I think we need to live with that weight on our shoulders because it will keep us and it will save us from a lot of harm. God seeks to protect us, and that's why he calls us to prepare our ways before him. Let's break it down tonight. Verse 1. Jotham was 20 and 5 years old when he began to reign. I'd like to say to all of us here tonight that if we aren't reigning already, it is time we start. It is time we start to reign. The Bible says that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people called of God, a people chosen by God, a people appointed by God. We are kings and priests unto God. It's time to start reigning like Christ has called us to reign. He's not called us to live this life as those that are defeated or those that are overcome, but those that are more than overcomers, those that are victorious, those that have a different mindset. You know that you have a different mind when you know that you reign in Christ? Life is different. You act different. You make different decisions. You look at the welfare of others. You look at the welfare of the church. It's not just all about you. See, when you don't reign, or it's, all, it's just all in your own self. A true person that really reigns in life steps back and looks. They make wise decisions. A person that is really reigning in life is one that prepares their ways before God because they know that their reign and their rule in this life is only because of his reign and his rule. We're in subjection to him. Are you here tonight? Are you 20 and 5 years old? Ah, the good old days. Happy birthday to Tyler back there. Someone said he was 40 and they're no longer his friend. How old actually are you? 38, all right. I'm almost there. Are you 20 and 5 years old? You know, whatever age we are, it's time to start reigning. It's time to start ruling right. It's time we start to take on some weight and feel the weight of those that are called to reign and rule. How many know a king would feel some weight, don't you think? Someone who's reigning and ruling would feel some weight, don't you think? 
Why does this generation want to consistently be a generation that doesn't want to feel any weight? As soon as we feel any weight, we quit the job. As soon as we feel any weight, we run away. As soon as weight is put on us into church, we don't like it, we hit the doors. We just don't like weight. Why don't we like weight? If you want to rule and reign, God's going to say, hey, get ready for some weight. Lord, I want to rule, I want to reign, I want to be a king for you, I want to be a queen for you, I want to be a priest for you. Okay, get ready for some weight. And he'll test us with weight. Faithful in a little, much will be given. If you can't handle the five pounds, you think he's going to give you 500? But that's how screwed up we are in our minds today. It's time that we accept the role and function as the Lord would have us function. Can we receive that tonight? Verse 2, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all his father Uzziah did. Now this is what I feel the Lord is saying tonight. The faith of our fathers and mothers, is that our platform or is it a ceiling we are staring up at? Glory to glory, strength to strength. That should be the platform, the heritage we have. That's where we start. We're not, we're not trying to gain that heritage. It's already ours. You understand what I'm saying? Is that our platform or is it a ceiling we're staring up at? Like, how could I ever attain that? If only I could get there and start to rule and reign. Are we holding to the heritage that has been established, like Timothy, the unfeigned faith in Timothy, which dwelt first in his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice? Are we not only holding to the heritage, but are we strengthening the heritage? See, it's our time. When somebody hands you the baton, are you going to lose the race? Are you going to win the race? Are you going to forfeit? Listen, it only takes one generation to see Christianity extinct in a family. To see faithfulness to God extinct in a family. All the heritage that was fought for, all the tears that were cried, the prayers, all the tithes and offerings that were paid, all the service in the house of the Lord, every church service that your parents took you to, it only takes you to mess it up. It only takes me to mess it up. It only takes us to just throw it all to the wind and say, forget it. To waste it all. And really steal from all the generations to come where they now have to stare up at the ceiling and try and reach it and try and rebuild this heritage from glory to glory, from strength to strength, not only holding on to the heritage, but strengthening it, strengthening the heritage. Verses 3 and 4, he built the high gate of the house of the Lord, and on the wall of Ophel he built much. Moreover, he built cities in the mountains of Judah, and in the forest he built castles 
and towers. The message reads, Jotham constructed the upper gate of the temple of God, considerably extended the wall of Ophel and built cities in the high country of Judah and forts and towers down in the forest. This man built. This man was not idle. He reigned and he ruled the heritage he had been given and he worked to bring increase to that heritage. He didn't just sit back and squander it. He didn't receive this inheritance and then just go have a party. He understood that there was weight and there was responsibility that came with this heritage. And he felt it. He chose to feel it because we can choose not to feel it. We have to take it seriously. Verses 3 to 5, the Amplified, He built the upper gate of the Lord's house and did much building on the wall of Ophel. Moreover, He built cities in the hill country of Judah, and in the forest He built forts and towers. I love forts. He fought with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. It just brings me back. I remember my cousins growing up. Parents were crazy back then. They would just let you out of the house. You'd be like miles away at an acreage. Nobody would ever check on you, right? But now they'd be like, text me when you're halfway there. We'd just head out and we'd just play all night. Pitch black, we're out in the forest in the back, in a tree fort. Totally sketchy. We could have died and been eaten by wolves at any moment. But here we are today because the Lord is good. And we determined to prepare all our ways before him. Hallelujah. (laughs) He fought with the king of the Ammonites and prevailed against them. So here is what I feel the Lord is saying to us tonight. Glean from this man who reigned and ruled in his time. He built and he fought. He built and he conquered. He built and he prevailed. That is the destiny of the Lord for every single person here tonight. To build and to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. How many know the fight ain't that good if you don't fight? It's pretty rough. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight, build, fight, prevail, fight, conquer. And it's not just a one-time thing. We're continually doing this as we walk this journey, as we continue to prepare our ways before the Lord. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors through the Lord. When our ways have been prepared before Him, there's no promise of victory when we go off and prepare our own ways the way we want to prepare them. The promise of victory is when we prepare our ways according to the word of the Lord, according to the commandments of God. Much building and much prevailing, this can be the testimony of every life here tonight. This can be the testimony of this generation. You know, I pray, if the Lord should tarry, that people don't look back on this generation and say, what in the world did they do with the baton? (laughs) They sure messed it up. My prayer, and I know there's still hope, and I know that there is a remnant. There are those that have not bowed their knee, and the Lord is going to use us 
And this generation will be known as a generation that prepared their ways before the Lord and that built and that fought. And I think we need to start confessing that over this generation because there's a lot of negative confession right now over our generation. We're all guilty of it, every single one of us. Negative confession, negative confession over Canada, negative confession over Alberta, over Edmonton. Negative confession. I wonder how much negative confession there was over Nazareth. And we know there was. What good could come out of that place? Well, according to your face, so be it. And so we start to speak in line with what the Lord would say. Even here, we're preparing our way before the Lord. I was going to save this, but I'll just say it. I have no idea why I woke up in the middle of the night and wrote this down, but don't entertain anything that entertains the devil. Don't entertain any conversation that entertains the devil. You understand what I'm saying? We entertain it, but the devil's sitting there just getting kicks out of it. He's loving every minute of it. Don't entertain any, don't entertain any path that entertains the devil. We want to be a blessing to God. Verse 6, so Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. The truth is, we don't start out mighty. At least not at the measure that could be and can be. We grow and we develop. God's word translation, Jotham grew in power. The Darby, Jotham became strong. Listen, he already ruled, he already reigned, but it says he became, he grew. So we're growing and we're becoming from a position of authority. We're already ruling in Christ, but we're growing and we're becoming. And what is the reason for this growth, this becoming? The expanded Bible, Jotham became powerful because he always obeyed, walked purposefully before, and ordered his ways before the Lord his God. Now, as I read the text, I wondered, is there a caution in the text? It's exhorting us to prepare our ways before the Lord to be those that take it seriously, to be those that fight, those that build, those that prevail, those that conquer, those that stand and rule when it's our time to stand and rule, to do all these things, to prepare our ways before the Lord. But is there a caution in the text? Something we be wise to take notice of? And the answer is yes. Back to verse 2, the King James Version. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Uzziah did. Howbeit, he entered not into the temple of the Lord. Maybe you're saying, well, he didn't go to church. That's not what's being said here. The Amplified reads, he did right in the sight of the Lord to the extent of all that his father Uzziah had done. However, he did not invade the temple of the Lord. He did not invade the temple of the Lord. 
And so we go back to chapter 26 of 2 Chronicles, and we read of his father. Verses 16 to 23, But when King Uzziah was strong, he became proud to his destruction, and he trespassed against the Lord his God, for he went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. And Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him eighty priests of the Lord, men of courage. Wow, what a scene. They opposed King Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, because it was not right, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are set apart to burn incense. That's how it was back then. Withdraw from the sanctuary you have trespassed, and that will not be to your credit and honor before the Lord your God. Then Uzziah was enraged, and he had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was enraged with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord, beside the incense altar. And as Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, behold, he was leprous on his forehead. So they forced him out of there, and he also made haste to get out because the Lord had smitten him. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death. And being a leper, he dwelt in a separate house, for he was excluded from the Lord's house. And Jotham, his son, took charge of the king's household, ruling the people of the land. Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah, from the first to the last, Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, wrote. So Uzziah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the burial field of the kings, outside the royal tombs. For they said, he is a leper. Jotham, his son, reigned in his stead. This is the caution. The Lord does not deal lightly with people that invade the temple of the Lord. You may say, well, nowadays I don't see anybody being struck with leprosy. Are you sure? I don't see any consequences. Are you sure? Maybe they walk out and they seem all right. Are you sure? The Lord doesn't deal lightly with people that invade the temple of the Lord, and I trust we can hear the Spirit of the Lord applying this to our day and age. Don't invade the temple of the Lord. Don't do what is unlawful. Don't push your way in. Don't claim what isn't yours to claim. Don't pridefully declare your rights. Don't become furious when you are forbidden from doing something. How many people in church today, everything is great, as soon as they're forbidden from doing something, enraged? Everything's been good up to that point. Relationships have been good. Relationships with others, with leadership, everything's been great. They go with one idea that they think is going to change the world. The person says, not yet, or it's not right. You're not for me. You're against me. Enraged, mad, angry, ticked off, claiming what isn't theirs, pushing their way in. There could be 80 priests in the room telling them not to do it, and they're right. Can you imagine? If he was right in what he did, God should have showed up in a different way, don't you think? 
God should have showed up and put the crown on his head, not leprosy. I want to encourage all of us here tonight because it could happen to any of us. Don't invade the temple of the Lord. Don't just roll in and claim your rights. There are a lot of people that don the doors of the church for the first time or come to a new church and they all of a sudden start claiming their rights and saying what they're going to do, pushing their way in. There are people that have been around for a long time and as soon as they feel like it's time to break out and do some things, listen, I've been told no in my life. How are you going to deal with it when you're told no? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you're told no when everything in you says it's right? The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? Maybe the Lord is testing our submission to authority for that season. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen. It doesn't mean that the door can't open or we can't be used in that way, but maybe the Lord is testing. I remember this is many years ago now. This pastor, before he'd pick his leadership team, and even when he had the leadership team, now this is a terrible thing to do, but maybe it's, maybe it's all right. I don't know. See, tell people on the leadership team individually, he'd say something to them, and then he'd say, don't tell anybody. And of course it was something that he didn't mind spreading, or he wouldn't have done that. But he said, don't tell anybody. And he knew exactly who he said it to. And then he'd listen to it, just float. <laughs> float around and be like, I can't trust that person because if I actually went to them with something that was serious and said, you can't say anything because this is a serious matter. Well, you should trust me. No big deal. These things matter more than we think. Maybe the Lord is testing us. The answer right now is no. Don't look at it as I'm forbidden to do something. Look at it as an opportunity to submit to authority and show the Lord that you can be one that can submit to authority. Show the Lord where your heart really is because this does show the Lord where your heart really is. If it's all about you, it's all about you doing what you want, when you want, how you want. I love it when people come to you and say, should I do this? Why are you coming to me? You know what my answer is going to be. And they're like, no, I really want to know your answer. I really want to know it. I say, okay, you want to pray about it? You want to go away? We'll come back. We'll talk. Yeah, 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 yeah. They come back, talk to you, and you're like, sorry, the answer in this situation, whatever it might be, if they're asking to go do something, they feel they need to go do something, they feel to blaze a new path prepared before the Lord, I'd say, you know what? I really feel in my spirit the answer is no. Oh, I knew you'd say that. Why are you asking me, and why did I just go pray? I could have saved myself some time and prayed for people that really needed it because you're just a fool and you already made up your mind before you ever came and asked. And then you ask them, like, who'd you go to? And they said, well, I went to this person, and they said it was all right. I went to this person, and they said, brother, that's God's heart for you. I'm like, I don't say anything. I just step away. And I mean, it's clear as day. You went to all the people that would tell you exactly what you want to hear. And you gained all your confidence in people that would tell you exactly what you want to hear. Why don't you go to somebody who will tell you most oftentimes what you don't want to hear? Why don't you go to somebody that's going to tell you the truth? 
They're not going to react out of emotion and say, man, I must really love this person. Like, God is for you. He wants to do everything. He wants to give you every desire of your heart, even if that means defiling church, even if that means messing up when it comes to subjection to authority, even if that means throwing all the heritage to the wind, even if that means... I think that's not right. The message, but Uzziah, censor in hand, was already in the middle of doing it. Like he hadn't even asked, he's just doing it. And angrily rebuffed the priest. He lost his temper. Have you ever lost your temper in the house of the Lord? I'm not talking about righteous anger. Angry words were exchanged. Wow. And then, even as they quarreled, he became angry, lost his temper. He turned to angry words, and he stirred up quarreling. Does that sound like anybody you know? Have you ever met anybody like that? I don't have enough hands to count. How many people I've met like that. And it's a tragedy. And more times than not, you're going to see where they end up. The message, and then even as they quarreled, a skin disease appeared on his forehead. Listen, Jotham learned from his father's foolishness. Can we too learn from his father's foolishness? Wisdom has many fathers. Foolishness has none. Can we learn from the blunders of the past, or do we need to make our own? Can we learn? When we become strong, pride would seek to destroy us. Becoming proud to destruction. Pride comes before a great fall. The Lord struck him. He was forced out. He dwelt separated, excluded, and he wasn't buried in royal tombs. Let's learn. Let's learn from this text. Don't invade the temple of the Lord. God will set you up and appoint you and use you when it's right. And when the Lord is for you, nothing will stand against you. The Lord will bring everything into alignment. You'll walk through every right door and you'll turn away from every wrong one. When it's right, it's a blessing. When it's right, there won't be this quarreling. Nobody's going to keep you from your destiny. Do you, you know, I, I, I honestly believe sometimes when you give people an answer, they think you're just trying to, like, mess their life up. Yes, I took this job so I could mess your life up. I pray for you so I can just mess with you. Like, try and keep you from everything good. That's not the heart of anyone in authority. That's not the heart of anyone in leadership. Would that be your heart towards your kids as your youth leader? Is that your heart towards kids as your kids leader? Is that your heart? When your parents said no when you were a child, were they just trying to mess around with you? Keep you from everything fun? Like, son, we talked about this last, I think last week, a couple guys up here. Son, don't touch the stove, it's hot. You're just trying to ruin my life. 
Okay, touch the stove. I am not praying for your hand after. You can feel the pain and consequence of your foolishness. Of course I'd pray for his hand. Isn't it true, though? Don't touch it. How many ever touched a stove when you were told not to touch it? How many ever touched a hot iron when you were told not to touch it? Yeah, I'm so guilty. Well, wrapping it up. Our responsibility is devotion, even if others continue to live corrupt lifestyles. I know we're two minutes over. I apologize. Our responsibility is devotion, even if others continue to live corrupt lifestyles. Can you receive that tonight? Second Chronicles 27.2, in the voice, He followed the eternal as his father had at the beginning of his reign, but he did not enter the eternal's temple. We know what that story is now. In spite of his devotion, the people continued in corrupt lifestyles. This person was reigning and ruling in life. Can you imagine the king going, what is wrong with you people? Like, this devotion I have for the Lord to rule the kingdom right, to reign right, to make the right decisions, to bless all of you, to be a good king, and you continue in your corrupt lifestyles. Dear God, yet I will continue to reign and rule over you and hope Our responsibility is devotion. We cry out that the Lord would use our devotion to turn the hearts of many, and he can. Yet if they continue in corrupt lifestyles, in spite of our devotion, we must not become discouraged. We must hold the faith, and we must continue to live fully devoted to the Lord our God. The message, in God's eyes, he lived a good life, following the path marked out by his father, Uzziah. Unlike his father, though, he did not desecrate the temple of God. But the people pushed right on in their lives of corruption. We can have the worship team return. And here's what I want to say under this point. Don't lose your might because others discourage your soul. Don't lose your devotion because others discourage your soul. Don't lose your commitment because others discourage your soul. Don't lose the strength, the growth, because others discourage your soul. You stick around long enough, someone's going to discourage your soul. You hang out at church long enough, someone's going to discourage your soul. You have any type of relationship, someone's going to discourage your soul. But our responsibility is devotion. I could read 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 12. I'll let you read it. Under that point, it talks about all those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution because perilous times are coming. They're already here. People wax worse and worse. Lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Will we be persecuted for the preparation of our ways before the Lord? Well, the Bible says we will. But let's remain devoted, unswerving.
We'll read 2 Timothy 3, 13 to 17 quick. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, which means training and discipline in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped, that is thoroughly furnished, as it reads in the King James Version, for every good work. We become mighty when we prepare our ways before the Lord our God. Take up some determination in your life. Be determined. Be a determined person. I'm determined. I'm stubborn in this. I'm resolute in this. I will prepare all my ways before the Lord my God. I will not desecrate the temple of the Lord. I will not push my way in. What I am told, no, that is all right. Lord, I subject my life to you, and as you want to open doors, you open doors, God. I'm going to remain devoted, and I'm not going to lose my might and my strength, though others continue in their corrupt lifestyles. Though everybody else fall, I will stand. I'm devoted. I'm determined. I'm committed to prepare all my ways before the Lord. And can I say tonight, let's remain humble because pride does come before a great fall. Pride unto destruction, it read in the text. Things already determined can change tonight. The Lord can help us all. If there are things that have already been determined, things that have already been set up, ways that have already been prepared, and not really in the sight of the Lord, although he's seen them, they can change tonight. We can walk out of here and God can fix our life. He can help us out. Help us to take a different direction. Help us to change. And ways and paths we are on the brink of blazing. I want to ask tonight, who has the lead? The roads, the journeys, the habits, the cause of life, the mode of action. Let's be a people, a generation, a group, individuals that prepare all our ways before the Lord. Amen. Let's stand tonight, sing this out really quick, and then we'll just head out of here and prepare our ways before the Lord.